Welcome to the Make Disciples Podcast, a short weekly podcast of Wildwood Church where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as his disciple. Welcome back to the Make Disciples Podcast for the final episode of the first ever season of Make Disciples. Does this make us official podcasters, Dan? I think think we are official now. Because, you know, 11 episode season, that's pretty hardcore. Well, this is going to be a fun, lighthearted episode, except for Dan's book recommendations, because uh, <laughs> he's got a PhD. But what we want to do is just recommend going into the holiday season, some books to be reading that might be helpful for you as you follow Jesus. And just want to say out the front end, we are recommending books written by human beings and human beings still have their sin nature. And so we don't ever read books because we expect the entirety of the thing to be entirely truthful and accurate. But uh, we want to recommend books that stirred our hearts, affections towards Christ, and maybe stirred even our mind to really think maybe differently about something and hear a perspective on on some things. So we're just going to play hot potato here and kind of jump back and forth. My first one is a simple one uh, called Deep Discipleship by JT English. JT English led the cohort that we were able to join out in Dallas uh, this year. And a lot of the philosophy behind this is why we now are studying Acts as a group and doing this podcast and doing some other things to really strengthen our equipping arm here at Wildwood. And so if you're really wanting to kind of see the foundation of that philosophy and even just the foundation of what is the purpose of a church in equipping the saints, not finish the book, but I obviously went through the cohort and he does an, a marvelous job. And even the first couple of chapters I read uh, just has some really powerful lines in there that are great. And I think why this would be good for people in our church to read is because it's going to strengthen even your ideas around how Wildwood should respond to things and do things. Uh, It's going to help if you're volunteering on a team. It's going to help you to really have a foundational philosophy around discipleship for the church and kind of give you a foundation there. All right, Dan, blow our minds. It's a good book. One of the books that I'll mention is, I'll admit, an academic book, but I think it's a really useful book for spiritual formation as well. It's called Blessed, uh, A History of the American Prosperity Gospel Movement by Kate Bowler. And what she's trying to do is essentially give an intellectual history of this prosperity gospel, how people have come to measure spiritual progress in terms of their financial status or physical well-being. And so there's a lot of different terms we've used for it, like word of faith or health and wealth gospel or name it and claim it, these kind of things. And the reason why I think it's useful to understand the history of it is because I believe that it has had a pernicious influence in the church more broadly. And we need to pay attention to those ideas and concepts that come in and maybe contrary or even opposed to uh, the gospel of Jesus. For us, that was very much liberal concepts of theology, uh, and that's still important. But I would argue that the prosperity gospel is having an even stronger influence in the churches like ours today. So it's important to pay attention to that. Yeah, you know, the I've not run into anybody at Wildwood that I say is full out into the prosperity gospel. You're probably not going to attend Wildwood at that point. But I have run into moments where when you ask somebody how their walk with Jesus is going, they say going really well. And then they share successes at work, you know, or they share, like you said, you know, gains financially and things like that. So I, I do think there's moments that seeds of this movement can slip into our minds. And it's really healthy to read books like that. Second book is one I'm currently reading because it's a lot to chew on, not in a sense of hard to understand, but Paul Tripp has always been a writer who writes powerfully and writes around things that help you to to really learn (laughs) how to confess and grow. 
but he just recently came out with a book called lead 12 gospel principles for leadership in the church. And even if you're not leading in the church, it's a great book, even just around principles on how to be a a Christian who leads at home or leads at work. And uh, even the first chapter that I just finished around achievement and what is achievement for the believer and what does that look like in the church? What does that mean? Well, it's just really good reminders. He always outlines very simply. He always has points that are very clear and very simple, but then he says some things that really drive things to the heart. So highly recommend that book. My uh, second one is another history book. It's another academic book, but it's a bit more accessible than my first one. It was written by uh, Thomas Kidd. It's called Who is an Evangelical? The History of a Movement in Crisis. It's a very accessible introduction to the history of evangelicalism in America. But more importantly, it's trying to show what evangelicalism, and I would argue that we here at Wildwood would fit within this evangelical movement, what evangelicalism actually is, because the term has been so uh, caught up in politics. And there's this off-quoted statistic that 81% of evangelicals voted for Trump. We're going to get into that whole discussion. The whole point of it is to say there's a lot more than just talking about politics. In fact, while you can't avoid the political discussion, there is uh, a meaning to evangelicalism and a hope to evangelicalism that transcends denominational boundaries. And so it's useful to recognize where, well, groups like our church came from. Hmm. That's good. The next one for me is by far my favorite book of the year. And it probably be a book I go back to time and time again. It's Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. If you've been around me this year, heard me recommend that book. In fact, I, I've actually forgotten the amount of people I've recommended it to. And still people keep texting me every once in a while. Hey, I picked up that book you talked about. This is incredible. And really his heart in that book is to just put on display the heart of Christ for the believer. And uh, he really just helps you every day that you read it to sit at the feet of Christ and to gaze upon our Savior and clarify some real misunderstandings around who Christ is for believers uh, in this time period. But man, it is clearly written by a shepherd. Dane Ortland is a guy who just became a senior pastor at a PCA church in Illinois worked for Crossway for a long time. His father is a well-known pastor, Ray Ortland. His brother is Ray Jr. His other brother is Gavin Ortland. I mean, they all write (laughs) and they all teach and lead. And his ability to write is incredible. Uh, This is the first book, and I've, I've read a lot of books. This is the first book I've actually written the author to thank them for their work. And he replied immediately. And, uh, just an incredible book. It's simple. It's short. And I've not yet heard somebody who's read it say, eh, that was kind of, uh, that didn't mean anything. I mean, it, it strengthened my parenting. It strengthened uh, just a lot of aspects of who I am. Cause you really do you, when you gaze upon the heart of Christ and the way that this book helps you to do it, you can't help but see all the sin in your own heart. And so it would lead us to moments of repentance in that book. Bob Evans would recommend it as well as he was one that read it. Some church planning pastors told me, man, This is exactly what I needed in my ministry. So if I was to put weight on one in my list to say, hey, start here, uh, Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland would be that book for me. And I got one more. It's a lighter read, but uh, an enjoyable read, a useful one. It's called uh, Telling the Truth, the Gospel as Tragedy, Comedy, and Fairy Tale by Frederick uh, Buchner. And what I really enjoyed about this is how it was a really creative way to look at the gospel. 
I think it's really important to consider the gospel afresh. One of the great quotes that someone told me about their Christian life is to be successful, to be uh, victorious in your Christian life, you need to be preaching the gospel to yourself every day. And if you can't do that, to find someone who will preach it to you. And so just pondering the impact of the gospel in our lives. And so this provided a really a fresh take on how the gospel at its most basic form is telling the truth about reality. It's telling the truth about the tragedy that we're living in and the comedy that is uh, Jesus overcoming of light, overcoming darkness and the fairy tale that is looking towards the future when all will be right again. Uh, and we will live happily ever after if uh, you want to move in that direction. And so it's a great, easy read. One person refers to this as a, a dessert read, you know, something that's uh, it, it doesn't take an awful lot to chew on or it's not necessarily deep, but it's just a pleasure to read. Yeah, the last one for me is another very simple read. In fact, I think most people read it in about an hour and a half. And it's called Praying the Bible by Donald Whitney. And he just walks through very strategically. Hey, how do you pray scripture? And what are easy ways? He gives you examples. He walks through the different types of literature in scripture. How do you pray the different versions? How do you pray narrative versus pray Psalms? And his section specifically on how to pray the Psalms was very helpful for me. Uh, this was one of those books. I was a little embarrassed as a pastor at how helpful this book was for me, but really changed uh, my prayer life. He has a thesis statement in that book where he says, I don't think people struggle to pray because they're bored or because they don't believe in the power of prayer. He says, I don't think people struggle to pray because they're tired of saying the same things about the same things. Right. And so what does that mean? It means, well, we get into these habits of just kind of repeating these one liners and thank you for this food and Lord bless our day. And we don't actually really pray in the sense of thinking through and, and what the scripture does when you pray the scriptures and use God's language from the scriptures. All of a sudden you start praying about things you never even considered uh, praying about because the Bible is addressing things kind of that you haven't been thinking on. And it really does. I mean, I was shocked the first time I kind of implemented this. I found myself praying for an hour right now. If you told me to sit down and pray, praying for two, three solid minutes is hard, but I found myself praying for close to an hour and going, man, that was just one chapter in Psalms. And so just, I would really encourage you at some point, pick up that book. Again, it's a simple hour and a half read. It's like reading almost a brief lecture where he just kind of lays it out for you. Hey, here's how you do it. Go do it. And uh, it was really, really useful. Well, thank you guys for joining us for this season of Make Disciples. We hope that this podcast was useful for you in following uh, Jesus as a disciple. Feel free to email us at makedisciples at wildwoodtlh.com if you have feedback or thoughts around this podcast. And we look forward to joining you next season for 11 weeks in the spring. We'll talk to you guys soon.